Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Got another Cat 4 question. This athlete said, I have one big event this year. It's 200 miles of gravel with about 13 to 15,000 feet of elevation, nothing more than 500 feet in each shot though. I was trying to follow some training thoughts from things that I've read about from Unbound, which is similar to my event, but with less elevation. I've competed in this race the last two years and each year I've had to drop to the 150 course and I've committed myself to doing what it takes to have a better outing this year. My consistency has been through the roof and maybe that will be enough, but should I consider changing my build and specialty plan? Either way, oh, that's in what I mean, specialty is the specialty riding really far? <laughs> Either way, I intend to continue replacing the Sunday workouts with long outside rides in an attempt to increase the specificity to my training. I don't foresee many scenarios during the race that would require any efforts above threshold. Yikes except for maybe a few dog sprints. So is it all about just increasing FTP? So again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but even in an event like this, you can not go over threshold, but I would advise you to be able to go over threshold. You will ride the course much faster, and I'm not saying that you're going to be VO2 maxing every 500-foot climb, that would be a mistake. But if you're only riding sub-threshold, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice because even if to his last question is all about increasing FTP, if you're going to increase your FTP, you are going to want to do VO2 max training. That's going to lift your aerobic ceiling and allow you to increase your FTP. So I think that if people are telling him he's not going to go over a threshold, I don't know if I would listen to those people. I would also take a look back at this athlete's event and say, look at something that's similar. Look at the past two times he's done this. Is there any VO2 max time in there? If there's not, if you were really, really cautious about not going over FTP, where could you gain time uh, by going over FTP and having the physical capability I mean, we're not asking you to do something that is impossible. Everyone can train VO2 max and get stronger. It It is highly recommended that you do this. And, you know, we've put out a lot of videos and a lot of blogs about your VO2 max is going to increase not only by doing the classic. When we say VO2 max, 
if you're my age or older, you probably instantly think five by five. That's what everybody did for a really long time. If you're in the younger, you're thinking of three-minute intervals, hard start intervals. There's many different VO2 max, little interval 30-30s. There's a lot of different ways to do that, but that's all the high-intensity end of things. You're going to increase your VO2 max by riding endurance, which is awesome to hear that this guy is going to do that on Sundays to replace his quote-unquote workout. And the way he writes this, I think we all know what kind of plan he's on. Now, the other thing that you could be doing uh, to, yes, increase your FTP is do some lactate clearance work, uh, do some over-unders. Those are going to also, if you do them long enough, string together some 15-minute ones, 20-minute ones, 30-minute ones. Those will increase your VO2 max while also working lactate clearance because of the VO2 max slow component, which in a nutshell is just saying if you're riding at a high intensity like threshold or above for long periods of time, you do actually end up improving your VO2 max. So now the other thing is think about if you want to do 200 miles on gravel and you want to finish in daylight, even if you start at 6 a.m., if you what is it? If you average 16 miles an hour, which is pretty quick over that, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. How, it's a decent amount of climbing. Um, you're going to finish in 12 and a half hours. So again, you want to still ride this course as fast as you possibly can. And training VO2 max is going to help. And yeah, you do want to increase FTP. But if you can do two things at once, do that. The last thing, I think it's under... Uh, not underestimated, underutilized. The back-to-back six-hour rides are really good to do because you will. And this takes time. Uh, if we're we're doing this podcast right now at the end of February. I don't know when this guy's event is. If it's August, I mean that's still you really only have March, April, May, June, July, five months. Back-to-back rides will make you stronger like in a really big period of time. I've talked about this before too of when Jason used to have me and we're talking like 2011 is when I started doing five-hour back-to-back rides, uh, which may have been a little far at that point in time, but he knew I liked to ride long. Like that was kind of what I was getting into. Um, Go out one day, do them at 260 or 270, and then the next day I do them at like 240 or 250. Now I'm, you know, 150,000 miles of training in and I can do them back to back and the second day feels like the first day. So the I'm the reason I bring this up is you should do these and while they might not help you at this event this year, they would definitely help you at the event next year and it avoids this sometimes people who do a 200 mile event think my long ride only has to be like 180 miles, they do these really long rides. I think it's great to do that. I don't even know if you have to ride 200 miles, but I would get pretty darn close to it. If you're going to do a 12-hour event, it would be great if you could hit 10. And here's my thinking on that. The difference between a four and five-hour ride is noticeable. The difference between a five and a six-hour ride is very noticeable. So the difference between a four and six-hour ride is like two totally different things. Once you go over six hours, 
every hour is pretty tough. I mean, I've done 12 and a half hour rides and as long, when you mentally do it and you know how long that day is, it just feels way more feasible the next time you do it. So said differently, when I push off for a ride that I know is going to be like, usually I like to do these on the road. If I'm going to do like a 250-mile road ride, I haven't done one in a while. But last time I did one, mm, two, three years ago in Memphis, usually now I cut it like below 200 miles. But when I did a 180-mile ride with Patrick, you know, we pushed off knowing it was going to be a long day. I don't even think of the finish. I just try to enjoy the process. And when you have a long event like this, giving that mindset and going 10 hours makes the 12-hour race day much more palatable. And then the last thing, don't let the race around you screw up your pacing. And the reason I asked this guy to go back and look at the amount of VO2 max that he's done in the early, uh, in the previous editions of this race a lot of times people look back and they're like, wow, I was so amped in the beginning. I don't even really remember that first two hours. We went pretty darn hard. And so people sometimes burn way more matches than is expected. And then, as this guy said, he's like, wait, why do I keep dropping to the 150? You're not sticking to your plan. You might be following stronger riders. You might be following the people. In these events, there are people that start out way too hard. And I'm, you're talking to like Johnny who likes to go from the gun over here speaking into this microphone. So just be wise. These require some prep and planning, but it's definitely more than just increase FTP. But when you increase FTP, do it through some VO2 max work. And it's awesome that this guy's got a plan. And stick to it. Let's go.